G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. I was in the middle of telling my child one day not to snatch the toy from their sibling, and I suddenly had the thought, well, why? <laughs> and some of the most basic things that we tell our children, if we don't actually pause to think about why, it's just something that parents have always told their kids to do. The heart is the place where we process and hold our beliefs, values and knowledge which in turn affect our choices, our actions, attitude and will. Our guest today is Belinda Letchford, who is a blogger, a parenting and family coach and homeschooler for her four children in Kununurra, Western Australia. She'll discuss what a privilege it is to encourage and train our children's hearts as we live true to our own convictions and passions. That's Belinda Letchford, our guest today, with my wife Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family, Australia. Well, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. A question that many people will say, well, how did you find the time to do it? You have four children and they've all got different learning styles and were you a teacher before? Or These are the questions a lot of people ask themselves and it couldn't be for me, but how did you find that? I loved it. I loved our homeschooling lifestyle. The thing that I say to mums when they say, oh, I couldn't do that because of this, this and that, is that when you start homeschooling, if you come at it from a family perspective rather than replicating the classroom, that's an important difference, everything changes. So if I could just tell a story of our first week. Hmm. Months before we started homeschooling, my oldest was in kindy and we were trying to do all the things. We were going to kindy, we'd drop off to kindy, we'd shop and pick up from kindy and go to the pool and it was just very busy lifestyle and I knew Fridays was our special pool day and I'd go to the pool, spend the time with the kids and I'd know that I'd go home and I still had breakfast dishes in the sink and had the laundry to do and you know had to cook dinner and the kids were going to be tired and all that and then on my first week of homeschooling we went to the pool on Friday and I remember sitting there in the pool with the kids who couldn't swim so I kind of had three kids hanging off me in the pool but I was sitting there and I was just relaxed because before we went to the pool we'd done the dishes the laundry was sorted and I knew what was for dinner the difference being I was running on my own schedule I didn't have someone else telling me what to do and so When we look at whether we can do it or not, we can't compare our life with what our life is now when we're sending our kids to school because it just completely changes. Mm. All the demands, everything changes. And then the other thing that mums worry about is their own capacity. And I say the same to them, that what you're seeing by following a teacher's 
homework and all of that completely changes because you're involved from roots level yeah. and you're educating yourself. I'm far more educated now that I've homeschooled my kids than I ever was before. That's so good. So you're talking about not replicating a school classroom situation. So what would the average day look like? I divided our day as a family would divide their day. So we would start our day with our personal responsibility. So the kids, you know, had to get up and clean their teeth, get dressed, make their bed and have their personal quiet time if they were old enough and interested enough in that. Then we would have our family responsibilities where we did maybe breakfast, maybe family devotions and household chores to get the family and the house ready for our day. Then I would do our focus time and in our focus time that would be our homeschooling time and that looked like Bible study. I actually divided it up into four Ds so this is easy for people to remember. There's the discipleship where we looked at our relationship with God and our relationship with man. So that was Bible study and character study. Then we did our discipline studies, which is the things that you have to learn by rote and repetition, the reading, writing, the arithmetic type of things. Yeah. Then discovery, and our discovery subjects were like the general knowledge, the history, the geography, the science. And then we would have lunch and everyone would have an hour by themselves in their bedroom by the time they were in primary school age. And that was my time to have a bit of a breather myself. And the kids would occupy themselves in their bedroom, depending on their age, whether they had to have a rest or whether just a quiet activity. You allowed your children to be bored or alternatively, not rather than bored, they found something to engage themselves. Or that you didn't have to entertain them. Absolutely. I'm not very good at entertaining my children. Um, They did have to find things and I would help them find things. Like if someone said they were bored, to me being bored means they can't make a decision. So I would help them make a decision rather than punish them for being bored. I never gave my children chores for saying that they were bored. I would say, well, that means you can't make a decision. Let me help you make a decision of how you can use your time wisely. Well, that's right, and giving them a few options. Yeah. 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 And then we would have delight in the afternoon, and that, once again, was I was available for my children but not supervising, and so if they needed help, I was available to help them, but that was really about me facilitating and providing opportunities for them to discover and develop interests and hobbies, you know, all those types of things from playing the piano, blogging, photography, pottery, wargaming, art, all sorts of things they did in the afternoon, and that was their delight time. Mm. Um, I I love that word, delight. Yeah. Because it's really creating their interests what brings them joy that's it the way they're wired i love that you mentioned (laughs) blogging your children you encourage them to blog but you're a blogger yourself and i've gone on your website and you've got just some fantastic material Mm. Um, for those who are interested her website's livelifewithyourkids.com and we'll remind people a little bit later on but you're an avid writer 
about all sorts of things, about life, about motherhood, about marriage. Tell us a little bit about that journey. I started blogging way, way back when it was a weird word that no one knew what it was. (laughs) And initially, it was to record my thinking and my own learning journey as I moved from that replicating a classroom in our homeschool to a lifestyle of homeschooling. And it was really very much that initial type of blog where it was just online journal type of thing. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I was studying the idea of what it meant to be heart-focused. Peter and I had heard this phrase, you need to capture your child's heart. And we go, well, what does that even mean? And so I really started to study the word heart from the Bible. And as I did, it just changed how I saw our role as parenting. It had an effect on how we homeschooled. And so I started writing about those things as well. So that's how it started. I just sharing my own asking questions and finding answers and sharing them out there. Having a bit of a read myself, um, one of the things you were talking about is it really forces you to look at your attitudes and your character. Um, if you're going to be working on these things, we all know that the minute we start talking about them, <laughs> we're going to be confronted by our own poor attitudes and character. And if you can talk a bit about that and that journey for you. Yeah, I've been working on this idea a bit lately because parents are reluctant to be intentional with teaching character, for example, or even Bible because they see their own lack. And so I felt that our children are living in my home with me all the time. They see what I'm like. They Mm. know that. I am messy, they know that I get frustrated and they know that, yeah, that I might procrastinate and so now all your listeners know those things as well. (laughs) 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 That's me and my children living in my home, they know those things and so the idea of trying to not be real in my home, just there's no point to that and so... It really was about us all growing together and being honest with each other and supporting each other. And as we did that, our children were a part of that journey and I can grow and learn the skills. And then as I learn and grow and change my heart, that's actually showing the kids how to learn and grow and change their heart. And so it really supports each other and you create this family lifestyle, the family life or culture is a good word, where we are learning and growing to be more and more like Christ and to walk in our gifts and passions that God's put on our hearts together. Our guest today is Belinda Letchford. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au.
Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan. Our guest today is Belinda Letchford, who is a blogger, a parenting and family coach, and homeschooler for her four children in Kununurra, Western Australia. I love the fact that you, as a family, give each other the grace to make mistakes, and it's okay to make mistakes because that's part of our journey and part of what makes us who we are as we make those mistakes and God gently (laughs) comes alongside us and as parents we come alongside our children to just challenge them gently that that's not quite where you want to be headed. Uh, And so to our children, we are God with skin on. And so when we can be real and honest about where we're at and if we do make mistakes then we need to apologise we're role modeling. I think one of the big things that you talk about is what our children see and what we say. There's quite a gap. If we tell our children to do things, then yeah. that's the important thing. Talk about that. Our children do see hypocrisy. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But I think we have a false idea of what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is when you say and do something different. Mm. But if you say that you want to grow in orderliness and you are growing in orderliness, that's not hypocrisy. It's only hypocritical if you say, I'm orderly, now you be orderly, when the kids can see that you're not orderly. Mm. And so I encourage parents that when they want to work on something to reflect on their own life first, and to see and to start making changes. Yeah. Because we need to be a role model, like you say, and then after that we need to teach our children. So we need to have some idea of what it is that we want to teach them. So say take orderliness, for example. I need to know what orderliness is to be able to teach it to my children and why they need to have it. Explain the why is very important. The why is one of the most important things. Mm. And that's really why we need to do the work ourselves to think that through. Yeah. I was in the middle of telling my child one day not to snatch the toy from their sibling. And I suddenly had the thought, well, why? Some of the most basic things that we tell our children, if we don't actually pause to think about why, it's just something that parents have always told their kids to do. Mm. That's your toy from your child. Well, why? I think that's the same with every boundary, isn't it? Mm. Why are they there? Mm. You know, what are the reasons for it? What are the reasons for those rules? What is the character trait we're trying to build in our children? Yeah. Yeah. And we have to think that through. Yeah. And when we can think that through and find the words to articulate it to our children, then we're actually able to teach it to them. Mm. As part of your blogging and your website, and you've got some wonderful downloads that are available for free, you also provide parent coaching. Yes, so I have just started more formalising that, I guess. Up until now, it's just been through word of mouth and local contacts. But I have started to have Zoom meetings with parents and mums and dads. It's very exciting. I find it very exciting oh, yeah, when the dads sure. pop on as well. And we just talk through one issue at a time and help them find a way through 
change for their family. Yeah, mm, that's, that's fantastic. Great. That's great. And also because of your being quite passionate about homeschooling, you're also part of a national movement called Mum Heart Australia. It's a conference for Christian homeschool mums. Explain what that is and how people could get involved if they are hearing this and they go, oh, gee, I'm, I'm part of that. How could I get involved? Well, Mum Heart Australia started about 10 years ago through a connection with a big name called Sally Clarkson. She is a homeschool writer, parent writer from America, and she has a heart for mums, Christian mums. Mm. And we would love to have had Sally Clarkson over in Australia, but she wasn't well enough to travel. And so she gave us permission to kind of expand on her name of, I can't even say it, but Mom Heart, M-O-M Heart. <laughs> and we started Mum Heart Australia with the same kind of heart and vision to encourage Christian mums. In Australia, we decided to have that support for Christian homeschool mums. So we run a conference once a year. That's how it started. Once a year we're running a conference. In the last few years we've expanded it to different states. So we've run conferences in Queensland, in New South Wales, the Northern Territory, Western Australia, into South Australia for the first time. We look forward to being able to do that. The idea of the conferences is to step away from all the how to and what curriculum to use and just focus on the heart of the mum to build up the heart of the mum, what the mum believes and values, then we believe she can go and then teach that to her kids. So it's encouraging them in their own development. Yeah. And we find by having the conferences, the face-to-face conferences, it's a real time of fellowship and encouragement where you're sitting across the table for a weekend with a whole pile of mums just like you. I think one of the questions I'd like to ask because I'm picturing myself you know in that role or people just listening do I ever get any time to myself or am I just at the children's beck and call I know you say you'd take an hour or whatever but I think if mothers work outside the home they think oh well that's me time or that's you know how do you do self-care I think self-care as holistic So just like I said, when I started homeschooling my kids or even parenting my kids, I need to look at all their capacities from spiritual, moral, social, emotional, intellectual and physical. Mm -hmm. I look at my self-care with those capacities as well. Mm. So when I have my devotion time in the morning, that's a self-care time because I'm looking after my spiritual well-being. When I cook food for myself and make sure that I've got that I enjoy eating so I'm going to eat well that's a self-care moment but we also need that emotional self-care which is often that distance from people needing us all the time and for me that was that one hour in the middle of the day after lunch where I had my children were trained and I had to teach them to stay in their bedroom occupy themselves and like I said, by the time they got to primary school age, they were up to an hour a day. Yeah. And that was where I did my creative projects when the kids were young. That's when I was writing. And 
I did sewing or, you know, any craft. That's why I did it in that hour. But by diligently teaching my children to occupy themselves and have the self-control to play by themselves, because I was homeschooling, my mornings were spent engaging and teaching and supervising. And then throughout the afternoon, once they got into that delight time, I was available, but I wasn't full-on engaging. And then after that hour, they had free playtime and I got other things done that I needed to do. Yeah. Yep. And they had a bedtime. So, you know, for me, once seven o'clock came in the evening, I was no longer a nice parent. <laughs> they needed to be in bed. Yeah. And so I had that little bit of space then. So it was about using the time throughout the day to achieve all that needed to happen. Yeah. And to recognize that I needed to look after myself, but I didn't need to treat myself to being out without my children. My children were able to sit quietly and read, so I could sit quietly and read, that type of thing. So it comes down really to parenting. It does come down to parenting. Everything that we were able to do in our homeschooling is say the strength of our homeschooling is totally dependent on the strength of your parenting relationship. Mm. Yeah, very much so. We're unfortunately running out of time, but the one point that I would like to leave people with, even though your homeschooling years are behind you, you're still actively involved with Mum Heart Australia, but even though that your kids are grown up, how are you still continually being intentional, relational and heart-focused with your grown-up children? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. The kids all left home in their early 20s or later, so they had some adult time at home and we had to change our parenting strategies to have adult children in the home but that gave us an opportunity to build relationships with them as adults and with them to build relationships with each other as adults which now that they have all left home we've got that foundation there of a interdependent family relationship where we know we are there for each other. So at this time, we are having Zoom family time where we play Ticket to Ride is a big family favourite for us. And we've found that you have Ticket to Ride on a device, an app. And so we use Zoom for our videos and we see each other playing Ticket to Ride on our other device, our second device. So that's one thing we're doing to stay relationally connected We really believe that the interdependence where we are supporting our kids in what they now have as their vision, as their life. So just staying in touch with them. We talk constantly through messenger and phone calls. Unfortunately, we can't travel too much at the moment, but we do that as much as we can. Mm. It's just about staying involved with their life, letting them make decisions They make decisions that I'm not thrilled about sometimes. I wouldn't make those decisions, but they are adults and they have to walk their path. And generally speaking, they make decisions that delight my heart. So it's not hard, but just staying in touch with their world is really important. Mm. And one final question, and without notice, is that even though you're empty nesters now, how are you and Peter getting along? How have you transitioned to becoming empty nesters together? Peter and I are actually transitioning quite well because, like we say, we have 
a relationship with each other. Our marriage is strong, even though there's been this fly-in, fly-out work lifestyle. And our relationship with our kids is still very strong. So that's good. But our emptiness still looks a little bit different than a lot of emptiness because Peter is still fly-in, fly-out working. And so that shapes things very differently than normal. So I would have to say we are a work in progress. As we all are. Yeah, sure. We are constantly talking about how we transition from... Because anti-nesting happens at the same time as us growing older. Yeah. It kind of collides. And so we're still working through how we are going to face finding our purpose as this stage of our life. Empty nesting is only one aspect of it. So mm. we're still working that one through with lots of conversations. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Belinda, thank you so much for joining in with us today. You're very welcome. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Belinda Letchford was our guest today from Kununurra, Western Australia. She has a passion to see parents build healthy relationships with their children and to teach and to train their heart to build their faith, their character and their life skills. For more information about her ministry, you can go to livelifewithyourkids.com. That's livelifewithyourkids.com. For more information about homeschooling and other parenting advice, go to our website at families.org.au. Thanks for joining us today. On behalf of Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, we look forward to you tuning in again for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.